And we are back. By now, you know the drill. This is Fails and Fixins. I'm Dave Plow. This is a Facebook Live broadcast that we then mix down and throw out as a podcast so that you can consume it any way that you see fit. If you want to check out the Facebook Live broadcast, you can do so at facebook.com slash fails and fixins, F-I-X-I-N-S. We're going to look at a big part of American culture, and that's beer. And we're going to see how a campaign for beer can go from fun and lighthearted to pretty dark to non-existent, all in a span of a year and a half. An incredibly quick decline for a successful award-winning campaign. I know that you're hashtag up for fails, so let's move on and get this episode rolling. I am your host, as always, Dave Lau, and I'm coming to you live from our digital buzz studios. Let's talk about craft beer for a second. So craft beer is relatively new. Some of you might not have turned 21 or till say 2010, 2011. So maybe you don't know this, but from the year like 1989 all the way up until about 2010, craft beer growth was pretty steady pretty straight line at 2010 2011 it did this just shot boom straight up all of a sudden everybody was interested we all wanted to try it we all liked it we all enjoyed it because craft beer a lot of times is really really good when you're a big beer maker a big company say uh, anheuser-busch chances are people start drinking craft beer start buying craft beer they might not be buying your beer so much maybe now, it's not going to be a huge percentage because there aren't that many real beer enthusiasts. You know a lot. I know a lot. But for the general public, there's not a whole lot. So maybe you see like a 0.2% dip in your sales. And at that point in time, you probably start thinking to yourself, wow, people who really love Bud Light, they're probably probably getting a little bit older. And these new kids out there, these, uh, what are they called? Millennials. Those guys, you know, they might not be Bud Light fans. They might be into this craft stuff that's taken over. So you're thinking to yourself, what do we do now? How do we go about reaching these millennials? Let's figure it out and let's make a campaign towards the millennials. What do the millennials value? That's what Bud Light was saying to itself. What do the millennials value? These are our future customers. We have to figure out a way to pull them in to turn them into Bud Light drinkers. And Bud Light realized through market research that everyone does, they realized something a lot of people already knew. Millennials value experience. They value experience over possessions. They value experience over uh, just general ideas. They want to experience things. And really, this doesn't just apply to millennials. Zennials, you know, the people that call Zennials the micro-generation people like me. We value experience. Bud Light said, what do we do with this? What do we do with this knowledge? How do we handle it? And they realized they had an idea. So kind of at the end of 2013... Going into 2014, like right at the end, December, they started a small campaign. And the campaign was a little bit odd, a little bit weird. And it might not start until the very beginning of 2014, but I seem to remember it during the end of the NFL season. The campaign involved seeing things like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a funny wig. Started seeing things like Don Cheadle with a llama. And it was all pretty obvious that it was the build up to something. And that something came at the Super Bowl in 2014, February of 2014 to be exact. 
they bought a big ad spot at the Super Bowl. And the ad, I'm going to go ahead and explain it to you a little bit. You can see it on the Fails and Fixins Facebook page. The ad is a guy in a bar at a table. A beautiful woman walks up to him, starts chatting him up. And she eventually asks him if he is, she mentions a party, asks him if he's what for what up for whatever. And this guy, his name's Ian Rappaport, says, well, yeah, let's do this. They cheers their Bud Lights. They go and they get in a limo. In that limo is Reggie Watts. I mean, you may or may not know Reggie Watts. He's kind of a comedian slash musical genius. The guy's out there brilliant. But he's in this limo and he's doing his things with his turntables and stuff. And they're having a party in the limo and everything's great. And they come across with a teaser that says Bud Light, the perfect beer for a random night with blah, 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 blah. And then that's the end of the first spot. Notice I said first spot because they come back to him later. And when they come back to him later... He's getting out of the limo, and she's mentioned a party, and they're going to this party in this hotel. And they're on the elevator. It goes up to a floor. Dings. It opens. Her twin sister walks in. He's like, oh, twins. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. And this guy comes off as really personable, like kind of a fun, maybe a Gronkowski type. So, like, you just kind of a fun guy that you want to hang out with. He seems nice. And uh, elevator goes up another floor. Ding. In walks Don Cheadle with a llama. And the guy's like, whoa, there's a llama here. And he eventually looks up and he's like, oh, Don, hi, nice to meet you. And then the elevator goes on up and they get off in this room where there's a ping pong table. And I'm sure you see where I'm going here. And Arnold Schwarzenegger in a wig with a headband asking if the guy wants to play a game of tiny tennis. So uh, he and Schwarzenegger duel it out on the ping pong. He wins. Uh, Sudden death wins. And then the wall falls off, and they re- he realizes they're on the roof, and there's this giant thing going on out there, and one direction starts playing. So then it's like Bud Light, the perfect night for bringing Don Cheadle in an elevator and blah, 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 for those who are hashtag up for whatever. Now, this hashtag caught fire immediately. And they had the foresight, Bud Light beaten they, had the foresight to realize, okay, if this takes off, it's going to take off big, and we need to capitalize. So what they did is they had... Groups set up stationed in certain areas. And when people would hashtag with the up for whatever, in some instances, they would send things to those people. For instance, a guy tweeted out that he was up grabbing an Uber and up for whatever, something to that effect. So Bud Light sent him a Lambo for his Uber. And then somebody else was in a bar mentioning that they were hashtag up for whatever. So Bud Light sent a halftime show to that bar. Live singers, real people there. Whole thing, they filmed it all. And they did this with all of these things. Those are just a couple examples. They did a few other ones. And they filmed them all and they integrated them into the ad campaign. Now, this ad campaign was directed towards millennials. And as such, they used social media for a ton of it. It was heavily featured on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Those were their main platforms. The, uh, and Twitter. Sorry, I forgot Twitter. Twitter becomes very important here in a bit. So they, they're integrating their ad spend something like three to one for social versus TV. Like it's, it's, they're really focused on that and they're filming all these things and they're throwing it on social. And the idea is then that these influencers are going to take what's going on. They're going to retweet their content and their friends are going to retweet and everybody's going to like it. Lots of free advertising based off the initial ad spend. And it's, it works. It really seems to catch fire. And the VP of Bud Light at the time, Alex Lambright, if I'm saying that right, uh, was quoted as saying, only if you push the boundaries will you know how far you can go. And he continued, we had the courage to be bold. And they did. This was, at the time, a very bold idea. No one else was doing anything. No one else was handing, handling kind of event marketing uh, slash 
social media slash television quite like this at the time. This was this was whole new uncharted territory. So what do you do at that point? You're excited, you're Bud Light, you've gotten all of this attention just from this little campaign. Well, you double down. And I completely agree with this decision. You double down. So Bud Light went out of their way to create this up for whatever as a tangible thing. Like it wasn't just a slogan. It wasn't just something that you would hashtag. It was if you believed in it, you became a part of it. And that's what they were trying to build. So they spent the summer doing this. So Super Bowl's in February. We'll say April. They start, we'll say somewhere from like April through August, something like that. They tried to create up for whatever into a tangible thing. And they did this by hosting in-bar events. Now, on their advertising, they had the mayor of whatever USA. And at these in-bar events, you would go into, say, let's say like a real-world type closet. And you would be filmed and you would take a phone call from the mayor of whatever USA. And he would ask one of 19 pre-recorded questions. And then you would give your response to the mayor. And Bud Light would film all this and they would integrate this into their YouTube and their Twitter and their Instagram and everything else. And then they also had TV events where they were doing stuff with their TV commercials, uh, the social medias, you hashtagged up for whatever and things could happen. People like influencers, or I should say Bud Light's ad partners could show up. Like if you were somewhere, this is an example off the top of my head because I knew it was an ad partner. So I don't know if this one happened, but say you hashtag up for whatever and then Snoop Dogg shows up at whatever you're doing and holds a party like an old school. So they, they were trying to make things like that happen. And then they also had their website. Like all this was uh, kind of funneling their audience into their website, which was upforwhatever.com. And there they had auditions. So you would film yourself doing an audition for whatever USA and you would send it into them. And then they would then blast it upon their social. And what they did was they ended up picking 500 people. And each of those people were allowed to have one friend come along they were given 48 hours notice that they were going to be sent to whatever USA. Now, this was huge. It generated over 1,500 media stories. And I would dare say so, so much more content than that. Because this was a thing where you got to whatever USA. And it was the city of Crystal, Crystal Booth, Colorado. I know I'm not saying that right. But it was that city, and they transformed it. They gave the city $500,000 and did a huge transformation to turn it into whatever USA. They had 1,000 people there, all encouraged to be using their social medias while they're there. And they hosted these special events so that people could kind of create their own experience while they were there. They had so much going on that there was an app, and you created your own day plan and were notified of different things that were happening. And they had different events the whole time, so things like they had drag racing with drag queens and they had vanilla ice in an ice cream truck giving out vanilla ice cream. And then quest love was hosting a rooftop party and you could do yoga at 10,000 feet cause it's in Colorado. So of course all of these things were going on and all these people that were chosen as party winners were out and they were tweeting this. They were Instagramming, they were Facebook living this. Not only were they doing that, but then Bud Light was also able, they were filming everything. So they used all of this work for their ad campaign for the next few months. This thing's a huge success. People were applauding Bud Light for seeing the future of marketing to millennials and the future of marketing in general. They were award-winning, and this is a huge campaign. And what do you do when something like takes off like this? Like it become it becomes a real thing. Well, you run it back again, right? Step one 
create up for whatever. Step two, I don't know, step three profit, right? Well, let's go ahead and go straight to step three. They're running it back again. Whatever, USA 2.0, June of 2015. That you were able to audition on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube by hashtagging the word audition and hashtag up for whatever. They transformed Catalina Island, which is this island off the coast of LA, into whatever USA. And they did the same thing again with customizable experiences for each person. There was an app where you could decide what you were going to do and let them know. And they had clay making on boats. They had brand partners like uh, Diplo, Snoop Dogg, and uh, Mass Singer winner T-Pain, the monster. He was there doing his thing. And this is 2015, so he wasn't the monster yet. And he outwon the Mass Singer because it didn't exist. But still, they in the first night, they did a giant 1920s-themed party that was called the hashtag turn of an era party. So you had people at this party hashtagging the party. If you saw the hashtag, you saw the Bud Light up for whatever. You were following your friends. You were following those people who influence you. And they, oh, one of the coolest events, and I think this is the most awesome thing that they had there, parasailing with Ronda Rousey, Ronda Jean Rousey. At that time, one of the biggest sports stars in the world. She was an undefeated UFC champion. Uh, so they did that. And then on the last day, they held a graduation ceremony featuring Lil John, who people of my age have a love for Lil John and the windows and the walls. Lil John, they gave out uh, high school jackets, like Letterman jackets to everybody that were branded Bud Light up for whatever. And it was seems like it was a really cool event. But I guarantee you never heard about it. And you probably, unless you know someone that was there, didn't see any of the footage or any of the campaign. So why is that? Well, we're on fails and fixins, so somewhere along the line, there's got to be a fail. Let's backtrack a little bit. Whatever USA 2.0 is in June, let's take a look at what happened in March. March 2015, they tweeted, Bud Light, that is, tweeted, on hashtag St. Patrick's Day, you can pinch people who don't wear green. You can also pinch people who aren't hashtag up for whatever in the theme of up for whatever it's supposed to be kind of a carefree positive happy time right uh, it's kind of a questionable tweet right i mean like you can see like if they're not up for whatever you can pinch them it's not too big of a leap to say that there's some sexual assault overtones there so bud light pulled this tweet after two hours it was not quick enough to pull it for there to not be a huge media storm around this. So it started making the rounds on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. People were talking about, hey, Bud Light, you kind of made a mistake here. It sounds, this campaign might be questionable anyway if you want to look at it cynically. But if you do this, add this to the mix, all of a sudden, things don't look so innocent. So Bud Light pulls it and they apologize. And really, that's, that's the correct way to handle something like that. So you would think after something like that, you would be on your you would mind your p's and q's and maybe think about the public a little bit think about okay people are perceiving things this way maybe we should be sure one make our intentions clear and two just be very careful tread lightly well i'm sure bud light meant to do that however in december of 2014 they started printing new bottles and these bottles had taglines across them and they all said something on them and then hashtag up for whatever remember Tweet this March. Bottles printed in the December prior, so there's already been uproar, but the bottles are already on their way. One of the bottles, it says Bud Light, the perfect beer for removing a no from your vocabulary for the night. Hashtag up for whatever. Now, I said in the first thing, it didn't take too big of a leap to see how it could be bad. This, on the other hand, seems downright blatantly 
promoting sexual assault. I understand that the campaign is a lighthearted, light look at things. And if you're in that mindset and you're writing things, you think of that as like removing no, as in like, no, I won't go snow skiing tonight. Or no, I do not want to have a water balloon fight right now, right? Okay, that's the idea. That's the intent. However, if you're not in that mindset and you read it, there's no longer a big leap to get to sexual assault. So Bud Light, with this this photo that was tweeted out, all of a sudden became the beer of sexual assault. Or at least to Twitter they did. And considering Twitter is a huge part of their campaign, that's not exactly where they wanted to be. Alexander Lambard, again, vice president of Bud Light, put out a statement the day after that tweet with that bottle started making the rounds. And the statement says... The Bud Light Up For Whatever campaign, now in its second year, has inspired millions of consumers to engage with our brand in a positive and lighthearted way. In this spirit, we created more than 140 different scroll messages intended to encourage spontaneous fun. It's clear that this message missed the mark and we regret it. We would never condone disrespectful or irresponsible behavior. In my opinion, that's not really the best statement to give. There's a lot wrong with that statement. Uh, you're kind of tap, patting yourself on the back while also saying, oh, we're, we're sorry. We're so lighthearted. We just didn't realize. The uproar did not go away after that statement. Twitter was pretty brutal. All of social media was actually quite brutal. Media was kind of brutal. There were stories for a week, maybe maybe longer. Like this carried a, this carried for a while. It was a big black eye for Bud Light. Now, remember, I said whateverville, whatever USA... 2.0 happened in June 2015, kind of towards the end of June. July 2nd, 2015, days after Up For Whatever 2.0, Anheuser-Busch announced they had severed ties with their ad agency to move in a different direction. So what have we learned here? <laughs> That's our fail. Let's look at a fix. How do you make this better? How do you do this? Well, I'm going to go ahead and say, the, it's easy to say, just don't tweet that first tweet in March, and then maybe the thing in April is not such a big thing and you handle it better. Okay, that's fair, but let's let's look at it. Twitter's a loaded gun. Whoever you are, if you're on Twitter and you just use it, if you use it for marketing, if you use it personally, I use it all the time, chances are you're going to say something that might not resonate the way you want it to resonate. It's just, it's a fact of social media life, a fact of Twitter life. So you have to accept that going in. Bud Light pulled it after two hours. They apologized. The March tweet, it was it was not great for their look, not great for their brand, but they did the right thing. They handled it well. At that point, it probably would have been best for Bud to re-examine the 140 different scrolls that they were printing on their bottles. And while it's probably impossible, it's likely impossible for them to pull all of those bottles that they had printed up, it might have been in their best interest to try just that. However, they didn't. The, the bottle went out. Step one of fixing this all, in my opinion, is as soon as you run into your St. Paddy's Day problems, you pull all the bottles that you've already printed. You re-examine your 140 scrolls, and you pull the bottles that are about to come out. Now, they didn't do that. So what could they have done if those bottles still went out? That bottle still goes out. Someone sees it and still creates Twitter storm. Well, to me, the obvious answer is you put out, one, a better statement. Because in this, they pat themselves on the back. They're like, campaign now in its second year has inspired millions. Okay, you don't add that in your statement. You don't talk about how, you know, we put out 140 different things and this one just missed the mark. You apologize. You don't say it missed the mark. That's garbage. You say 
we're sorry we had a bad message. You put the responsibility on yourself, and then you find a way to correct that responsibility. So in my opinion, something that might have helped is if at, at that point, I think what you have to do is for every one of these bottles, we're recalling the we're recalling the bottles we're sorry we apologize we know something's bad we're recalling them for everyone that we create we're going to donate five ten dollars to a charity like rain which if you don't know what rain is uh, i can't think of what the acronym stands for off the top of my head but it's all about sexual assault victims and it helps them so you say we're going to donate to rain or you donate to one of your other charity partners your bud light you've got one so you go ahead and you donate extra to them for every one of those bottles. And you put out, sure, you have to put out press release and all this. And there are going to be cynical people out there that say, hey, you're only doing this because you got caught doing this other thing. And you say, yeah, yeah, we're doing it because we made a mistake and we realize it was a mistake. And we think that we have found a way to try and help people. So you do what you can to help those people. And, I mean, the cynical people out there are always going to be cynical. They're always going to exist. So you just kind of have to figure out a way to deal with them, right? So that's what I think you do. At that point, you can just move forward and hopefully you go on with your campaign, your award-winning, super successful campaign. Hopefully you can go on with it at that time instead of having your giant event that you paid $500,000, renovated a city for, and had all this content created for and just thrown it all away right away. If you go to upforwhatever.com right now, it just takes you to a Bud Light page. If you search any of the videos or any of the hashtags, most of them have been pulled. Now you can still find user content that they put on their own pages, but anything that was actually directly related to Bud Light is now gone. And it's all because they mishandled the situation and did things wrong. That is it for Fails and Fixins this week. If you guys can come up with some better fixins or you think you have an idea that might work a little better, please visit our Facebook page at Fails and Fixins or you can email me, Dave at FailsandFixins.com. Let me know what you think. I want to thank you all for coming and I hope to see you all next week when we come at you with another fail and another fail.